our new bestie has changed how we track our investments. Why have over 400,000 investors chosen ShareSite? It's simple. This online investment dashboard for your investment portfolio supports over 500,000 stocks, ETFs, and funds, plus integrated with more than 200 platforms, ensures your entire investment portfolio is organized and accessible in one place. Move beyond the limited insights from brokerage statements. ShareSite offers a comprehensive view of your financial performance, including analyzed reports, dividend gains, and the impact of currency fluctuations, all through intuitive graphs and visualizations. But here's the best part. For the investee besties out there, ShareSite is offering a special deal. Save four months when you purchase an annual premium plan. It's time to dive deep into performance metrics, streamline tax reporting, and share your portfolio with ease. Join the link in the episode description to sign up to ShareSite now and transform your investment experience. Hello and welcome to Girls That Invest. Today is Monday, which means we're bringing you Sticky Money Monday, a weekly advice column where you give us a sticky money situation you're in, whether your ex owes you money, your friend is asking you to fork out for her wedding, or your flatmate just keeps stealing your oat milk. We are here to give you our unsolicited, unfiltered advice. You are joined today by two retired nice girls, Sim and Sonia, the friends who tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. Let's get started. Hello, Sonia. Hello, Simran. I have really been thinking about the sticky money situation this week to talk to you about because I'm like, what would Sonia do? But more importantly, what's the right answer and what's the wrong answer here? You know what? I'm just going to get into it and I want to hear your thoughts and don't hold back on this one, okay? Okay. Dear Sim and Sonia, I have been working full-time for almost two years since I've graduated from college. I do enjoy my current profession, but I would like to explore another field while I'm young to see if I'm fitted for it. My current job has a huge workload. I work overtime every single day, even on weekends, sleeping an average of five hours on weekdays. This leaves me with no time to explore any side hustles or learn new skills, and honestly, I'm starting to feel a little burnt out, which is why I was planning to quit the job in a few months' time and go on a working holiday in the UK. My current savings can sustain me for a year if I don't find a job right away, so the stakes are all right. However, a new option has appeared recently. My company is planning to set up a new office in the UK and there's an opportunity for me to transfer and work there. I will be joining a new team and from what I've heard, it's supposed to be less demanding compared to my current team. Although the field I want to try is related to my current job, I do lack some correlated knowledge and experience, so it's definitely a safer option if I maintain a stable income while looking for a job in the same country. I won't have to tap into my savings and I could use the spare time to improve my skill set, but I have the following concerns. And honestly, Sonia, I just, I love a person that has a list. So these are the two concerns. One, 
I cannot be sure that this new team is going to be more relaxing. If not, it defeats the whole purpose of going and I'm not sure how much longer my mental health can hold up. Sorry, that was not funny. Number two, the startup team consists of very few people. Consciously, it doesn't sit well with me. If I am to only work there for a few months and leave them behind, I also don't want to come across as using the company to get a working visa and then aborting immediately. I am thinking to stay a minimum of a year, up to two years. I only worry that it might be difficult for me to start over at a new field with new employers to accept me since I'm not a fresh graduate anymore and yet still have no experience. Please help. Can I just start off by saying that this person that wrote to us is such an incredibly intelligent individual. I mean, everyone that writes to us is, everyone that follows us is. Everyone that listens in is. Yeah, exactly. But the fact that you have listed out your two options and you've also told us the risks and the pros of both options just shows like how deeply you've thought about this and how seriously you are taking it. It's not like you're just looking towards us for like an answer because at the end of the day these are decisions that you have to make and from what you've said I'm actually in two minds about this I think you're going to be the person that tips it over to this is what you should do and it just goes to show that you know there's always a bit of gray in every situation but on one hand you get to go to another country that you're planning to go to anyway It is the safe option because you've already got a salary and an income and you don't have to have this added stress over job hunting and, you know, going to interviews while you're also just trying to move countries. Moving countries, someone who has just recently done it, it is stressful in itself. If you can take away a stress in terms of like finding a job and you're a little bit stable with your finances, that is a massive pro. (laughs) And also currently with the way that the UK job market is at the moment and just how the economy is, it seems like a really safe bet to take that option. Two, if they're going to help you with your visa as well, takes away another stress um, that they're going to, you know, like think for you and do things for you. And it's a massive plus to them as well, right? They don't have to hire out your role. They have someone who's been a part of the company, has great accolades from like your team in New Zealand. You're obviously a very hard worker and that will show. And that will also show in the references when people are talking about you to your new team in the UK. So it is incredibly beneficial to them as well. I don't want you thinking that you're just using them for a visa because They have so many benefits for you taking this job in the UK and setting up a team over there as well. Three, the risk that you said like about like your new team, you don't know if they're going to be more relaxed or if they're going to be more hardworking. You just don't know. And so associating that with a risk is based on assumption. And yeah, we can do that in life sometimes. And that's what majority of people that do these pros and cons lists are. Most of our risks are based on assumption. But I think that there is such a high potential for them to be a little bit more relaxed, but also for you to have the opportunity to be like, I am going to be moving to a new country. The hours that I've been putting in and 
you know, staying behind on weekend and all these extra hours, you can communicate that maybe for like the first few months or, you know, in terms of work-life balance, that's not something that you want in the UK. So you've got the opportunity to also communicate that with your team there. Those are my thoughts on the option of sticking with your employer. What are your thoughts on that so far? I just want to take a second to acknowledge that I know what she means about, look, I'm in my current job and I'm getting five hours of sleep and my decision-making skills are just like kind of not the best. It's really hard to go, hmm, should I make this big life-changing choice when I'm already like not getting a lot of sleep and like not really making good choices perhaps around my time, which is obviously hard to do with a certain sort of company that she's with. My like main concern that's like jumping out to me is it's moving to a new team and the company's planning to set up office there. So it's all going to be like a startup environment, like a brand new office, a brand new system, trying to like do things from scratch. And those kind of businesses often tend to be like, we don't really know what's going on. So we're going to just like go by trial and error. And so it's, in my opinion, going to be a business that is going to be in the same grain slightly stressful and a smaller team means more workload among a lot of people usually at the beginning and so I just don't know I think it comes down to do you trust yourself enough to quit your job and find a different job in the UK if you trust yourself enough then do that but if you do not have the belief and that's not to do with like your own factors it's more to do with like how Sonia mentioned, like the job market in the UK and understanding that it is actually really hard right now to switch industries, especially if you're going into tech. Mind you, we're not sure what industry you're in. So just weighing up and going, am I sick of it enough to like bid on myself 100% or do I feel like I can bid on myself later down the track? Because from a financial point of view, like I don't think you have to stick it out in this job. I don't think it's like terrible if you drain your savings over the course of a year like you sound in a position where financially either makes sense so it just comes down to what do you want to wake up doing every single day and if it's still working for the same company but in a new country then go ahead but I just have a slight suspicion it's going to be like the same but now with British accents (laughs) and that makes it better I'm kidding but (laughs) For business owners, every transaction is more than just a swipe of the card. It's the culmination of your hard work, dedication, and commitment to your customers. That's why I'm excited to share with you a game-changing solution that's simplifying the way businesses like yours accept payments. Introducing Tap to Pay on iPhone, powered by Stripe. Contactless payments has never been easier. You can seamlessly accept contactless payments directly from your iPhone. And the best part, there's no additional hardware required. Think about it. From local pop-ups to global retailers, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe cater to businesses of all sizes, empowering them to accept payments right from their iPhones. It's a game changer for businesses looking to scale quickly and stay flexible with quick setup that takes minutes, not days. So how can tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe benefit your business? It's simple. Increased revenue, expanded reach and enhanced customer experience. It's a win, win, win. To learn more about how tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe can transform your business, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone today. 
that is such a good point of like it does sound like a very startup environment so you know I just want to take back my comment about it potentially could be a great opportunity for you to set up boundaries hey it doesn't seem like the right thing to do (laughs) with what sim said I feel like I was just like communicate you know hey let's not discredit everything you've just said because I have a different opinion (laughs) no no no. I just wanted to take back that one point around you potentially have an opportunity to communicate boundaries everything else I said stands I also am such a huge if you don't know this if this is your first episode tuning into a sticky money Monday, I am such an advocate for like taking time off, recovering from burnout, having a holiday. And as Sim said, it, if you have a decent amount of savings and you are okay with the risk of like finding a job and taking like the time out to do all of that, then honestly, why not? Like, why not take a month to explore the new country that you're in, you know, slow travel, you've got your savings to back you, that's exactly what your savings are for, and you have a bit of time to decompress and figure out what you actually want, and you're not going into one stressful situation to another, which is going to be amplified because it's a new country. And I don't know about your situation in the UK, if you have friends there, if you have contacts there, but it can be also incredibly isolating if you are super stressed out and you don't have like your people around you either because you're in a new country. So for me, I'm just proud of myself that I didn't go to that option straight away. I was like, you know what, let's think about this, you know, and that's growth to me. <laughs> I actually want to take a step back and go to what you were talking about. The idea of like setting boundaries and how you were like, no, no, it doesn't really make sense. I think that when it comes to the boundaries thing you were speaking about earlier, there is a space to say it, right? Because you're an the fact that it's a new team means you're almost like reinventing yourself and you might find like a cultural shift if you're the first person to jump in and be like, just letting you know, like, so excited to work with everyone. The best way I communicate is like nine to five, Monday to Friday, and you're probably not going to get a good outcome out of me, you know, on the weekends or something like that in the more PC, like proper formal way. I do agree with you in regards to going back to you saying like, you know, you can set boundaries because when you are moving into a new workplace, whether this be your old job in the new city or a new job in the new country, you're going to end up finding that you can kind of reinvent yourself because it's a new team regardless. And so there is space to kind of show that you're interested in, you know, having more stricter boundaries with your work and quiet quitting, if you want to call it that. But I don't think we should discount it. Maybe it's not outwardly saying, hey, I only work nine to five, like do not call me. But it can be subtle things like if you do get an email after your working hours, just not replying to it until the next day and not apologizing for the fact that you've checked your laptop on, you know, the Monday rather than Sunday afternoon. You know, little things that slowly start to add up and show, okay, this person is committed to her work, but She's probably not going to be the person that we reach out to in a crisis at like 7 p.m. 
I also think they should be upfront with those expectations if they do want you to do that. And also another tip if you do go for the option of staying with the same company is you can ask for a little bit of a breather and some vacation time before joining the new team. And that gives you an opportunity to settle in, check out a few local places and then start kind of a little bit fresher rather than just extending the burnout but in a new country and a new environment but yeah definitely agree with that so what I would do in the situation if I was you if it was choice a or choice b choose my own path you know quit my job and just try in the UK or take the old job to the UK I would quit the job and try my own path but I would do it in a way where I don't quit my job until I get everything with the visa sorted I get or apply for jobs and kind of get a taste for the market and then that way I can go okay maybe this is harder than I expected let me fall onto my backup which is taking the job that my company is offering that obviously depends on time frames but I don't assume your company is asking you to make a decision on moving your life within a week they've probably got a bit of time for you to decide so that gives you a little bit of leeway But what would you do, Sonia, in two sentences or less? I would do the exact same thing. Wow. Are we like kindred spirits? My advocacy for recovering from burnout and taking it slow while moving to a new country comes from a very personal place. So, yeah. Amazing. Well... Thank you so much for sending in your question. If you have a sticky money situation that you need help with, please let us know. Send us a DM or email us with the title help or sticky money situation at hello at girlsthatinvest.com. There's also a link in the description that will take you there and you may just be featured in next week's episode. Until next time, Sonia. Till next time, Sim. Bye. And as always, to finish off with our disclaimer, Girls That Invest does not provide personalized investing advice for your individual needs. We are not financial advisors. The advice from Girls That Invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. Advice from Girls That Invest is general in nature and does not consider individual circumstances. Always do your research and please use your due diligence.